السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إله الأولين والآخرين وأشهد أن نبينا محمد عبده ورسوله المصطفى الأمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على عبدك ورسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to another lesson with QP Quranic Percussion Inshallah Ta'ala Today we're going to continue with our tafsir surah Al-Buruj uh, But before we begin just a couple of uh, announcements A couple of things just, uh, just to mention First of all is um, as I think many of you are now aware, or at least have heard in one way or another, I recently started a uh, preparing another tafsir course and recording it. Uh, that tafsir course is going to be, inshallah ta'ala, uh, broadcast from my local masjid, which is Green Lane Masjid in Birmingham. The tafsir class is called Page by Page, and the idea behind it is that, uh, again, this is another just level of tafsir. We've done a number of these now. For those of you that are familiar with um, with what we're trying to do with in terms of the science of tafsir, this is another one which is which is aimed more towards uh, a beginner student or just the average Muslim that wants to connect with the Book of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And so, page by page, is we take a page of the Quran at a time, uh, according to the Saudi print of the Quran, a page at a time, and we make tafsir of that page in a very uh, inshallah ta'ala general but at the same time beneficial way ta'ala within about 25 to 30 minutes so it's not a long class and at the same time there's a good deal of progression where we take a page at a time and inshallah ta'ala in that way over the 600 odd pages and therefore episodes of of uh, that will be cast of this series inshallah ta'ala we will complete the tafsir of the quran so that's something which we started working on a while back now and uh, as i think many of you are aware that today is meant to be its launch uh, it's it's a premiere which inshallah ta'ala will be in about half an hour at 9 p.m uk time uh, unfortunately there was some miscommunication uh, when the brothers scheduled this from green and they didn't consult me they didn't actually tell me what they were planning in terms of the timing on the launch of this uh, program and i realized that they um, that they actually broadcast it to uh, coincide with QP so I have spoken to the brothers um, and I have mentioned that this is uh, something which needs changing inshallah ta'ala hopefully that will be rectified for next week but for this week now because it's been advertised and everything's been scheduled and so on it was too late to do anything about it this week so it will still uh, be broadcast in about half an hour about 9 p.m. UK time uh, which therefore what I will do because I know that the um, on the group that a number of you have um, taken a great deal of interest in this uh, in this new course I think there's a transcribing team that's been put together and uh, and people inshallah ta'ala want to benefit from this also and again it's not only a different way of doing tafsir but the fact that we're going to start from Fatiha and Baqarah and work that way also helps I think for those of us that have been QP students now for a number of years because inshallah ta'ala what you have uh, or what we are not able to cover or have yet not been able to cover in terms of QP at least we have some basic understanding uh, of the Quran and its tafsir inshallah ta'ala so we'll make this today's lesson slightly shorter we'll finish around 9pm um, we may just go over a few minutes if we just need to finish uh, the verse that we're on but we'll finish around 9pm so that you can catch that for those of you that are interested and then inshallah ta'ala next week hopefully the scheduling will be clearer and 
there won't be any clash. So hopefully, inshallah ta'ala, that, that then solves the issue for those of you that want to attend both, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. So I apologize, number one, for that clash. Uh, as I said, I wasn't consulted, I didn't know. And number two, I also apologize for those of you that wanted a full QP lesson. Maybe you're not necessarily going to tune into the other one. Um, but inshallah ta'ala, like you'll, you'll bear with us for this week, and then inshallah next week, we'll be back to normal. Uh, and in addition to that, and also related to it, because one of the things that we're trying to do with tafsir, as you know, we have QP, which is our extremely detailed tafsir, which goes back to the tafsir of the Salaf and goes in depth. We have, inshallah, this new tafsir, which is going to be the page by page, which is going to be our, if you like, introductory level to tafsir. And then we've done the tafsir intensives, which is tafsir al-Jalalain and tafsir al-Sa'di, which we normally do in the month of Ramadan. The tafsir al-Sa'di one, um, is now available in terms of the videos and from what I'm told also the transcribed notes because our amazing transcribing team not only transcribe QP lessons but they've also transcribed uh, everything that we've done in terms of the tafsir uh, intensives in Ramadan so all of tafsir Jalalain was transcribed also uh, I believe all of that now is available on the Isnad website not on the on the Greening channel on the Greening message channel where it was recorded the videos but on the Al-Isnad Institute channel uh, uh, website. So alisnad.co.uk, al-isnad uh, with one a.co.uk. Uh, I believe it is up there now. So the videos as well as the um, as well as well the uh, the transcribed notes. So for those of you that want to uh, take those lessons or refer to some of them or watch some of them, inshallah ta'ala, from what I was told today, they're available there. So inshallah that should be uh, accessible once again. And over time, inshallah, we'll, 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 we're going to be adding to the Isnad website in terms of the other courses that we have done. Uh, but you'll just have to bear with us once again. So since we have a, a short lesson this week, um, let us dive straight into our tafsir. And we're speaking about the tafsir of Surah Al-Buruj. And we're speaking in particular about this story that Allah Azza wa mentions here about the people of Al-Khudud, the people of the trench, these people that were um, punished and tortured for their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we mentioned over last week and the week before that Allah Azza wa Jal speaks about these people without necessarily defining who they were or speaking about them in any terms that would give to us a definitive way of understanding who they were, when they came from, which time period they're from, and so on. And the scholars of Tafsir therefore attributed to these verses different stories that could uh, be applicable to the verses that are mentioned in this surah. So from them is a story of the sorcerer and the king, uh, the sorcerer and the boy and the king. From that is the narrations of Ali radiallahu anhu concerning the people of Najran and other people that were mentioned. And we also said, I believe, uh, that some of the scholars of Tafsir were of the position that this is a general verse that may apply to numerous times in which people were tortured in this way for their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah azza wa in the verses that we took last week speaks about in detail the level of punishment that they were subjected to and that is that Allah describes them being in uh, ditches or trenches that were full of fire that fire was constantly being fueled so that it would constantly be burning at its or raging in terms of its heat and intensity and its flames and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then mentions that those people were placed therein as if they were made to sit within or placed upon those flames as if they were made to sit upon them or the other tafsir, according to some of the scholars, that it's referring to <coughs> the p- 
people of the Ukhdud who dug the trenches, who were torturing the Muslims and persecuting them as they were sitting on its banks or as they were sitting uh, looking uh, upon the torture of those people as was mentioned by some of the scholars of tafsir such as Mujahid rahimahullahu ta'ala. And Allah Azza wa says that all that they were doing, they were witnesses to it. And this word of shuhud and shaheed and shahid and mashhud is something which is going to be repeated a number of times within this verse as we've seen already and as we will see inshallah ta'ala uh, as we go through the remainder of this surah and that's why one of the major uh, one of the major things or one of the major themes of this surah is this concept of shahada of the testimony that Allah Azza wa Jal is a witness to everything that Allah Azza wa Jal will make or take the testimony of other witnesses from amongst his creation in terms of what people did and the actions that they performed. So this week we continue with this story and with this surah and Allah Azza wa Jal in verse number 8 he says أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَمَا نَقَمُوا مِنْهُمْ إِلَّا إِنْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ Their only grievance against them was their faith in Allah the mighty the praiseworthy. And that's the trans- translation of uh, P- Professor Abdul Harim. Uh, Muhsin Khan says, and they had no fault except that they believed in Allah, the Almighty, worthy of all praise. And Mufti Taqi, they punished them for nothing but that they believed in Allah, the Almighty, the worthy of all praise. And Sahih International, and they resented them not except because they believed in Allah, the exalted in might, the praiseworthy. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions here the reason for why these people were being punished so as to disabuse us from any other notion that perhaps what happened to these places or these people was due to uh, was due to for example someone uh, you know some 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 worldly purpose or some other issue or reason Allah rejects all of that and he says the only reason that they were going to be punished and tortured was because of their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Muqatil said, Ma'abu minhum, the only thing that they could criticize them for, or as we see in some of the translations, including Professor Abdul Harim's, their only grievance, Al Aib, is something which is a grievance, is something which you criticize someone for. This was their only criticism. Just as we see then that Allah Azza wa Jal, when He describes the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and uh, and his uh, and his his companions that the Quraysh used to criticize them for what? For nothing other than the fact that they wanted to believe in Allah Azza wa Jal alone and worship Him alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why some of the scholars are of these of the position that these verses now from 8 onwards, uh, or at least uh, yeah, 8 onwards, goes to or become more generic. So Allah Azza wa Jal isn't just speaking now about the people of Ukhdud in particular, but Allah Azza wa Jal is speaking about all of the believers over all of the times. Or some of the other scholars said, that Allah is referring now to specifically the Prophet وسلم, and the people of Quraysh because the, 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 uh, the, the, the issue and the cause and the, 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 the concept that's, that Allah is mentioning here applies to the Prophet وسلم, it applies to his companions and it applies to the enemies from the people of Quraysh minhum. So therefore their only grievance, the only criticism of these people is their faith in Allah or as some others said, This is the only thing that they could have, that they could criticize them for. And as a judge said, There was no uh, 
sin that these people committed that they could reject or that they could criticize or that they could oppose them for except what they saw in their eyes as the biggest of sins and the most major of issues and that was their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Al-Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala he said in his tafsir that Allah azza wa in this verse he says that these people who are uh, who are trying and testing the believers he says that these people when they threw them in the fire the only reason they did so and the only cause and justification that they had for it was that they believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and wanted to worship him alone and that is why he says that Allah azza wa jal says illa in yu'minu wa ma naqamu Allah negates illa in yu'minu and then Allah azza wa jal makes the exception to that negation and so that restricts the meaning so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says that they didn't have any criticism of these people he's negating from the believers of that time that they did anything wrong that they committed any crimes that there was any justifiable reason for the action and the course that's been taken against them so Allah negates all of this it is to negate something and then Allah azza wa jal takes an exception and that exception what it does in the Arabic language is that it restricts the meaning to only that which is then mentioned. So therefore, the only reason, therefore, their only grievance, and that's why you see in the translations that most of these translators say uh, at the beginning, their only grievance, their only criticism, their only uh, reason, and so on and so forth. Only, the only here comes from this construct of the Arabic language, the negation, and then the exception to that negation. So their only reason, their only grievance, their only criticism of them was their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah Azza wa Jal mentions himself Jalla fi Ulah with two of his sifat, two of his names and his attributes subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first of them is that he is Al Aziz, the one who is almighty. Uh, almighty as uh, Imam Al Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala said, mighty in his revenge, in his retribution, mighty in his punishment subhanahu wa ta'ala mighty in dealing with those who oppose him and oppose his awliya. And the second attribute or the second name is Al-Hamid, the one who is praiseworthy. Praiseworthy, he says, bihsanihi ila khalqih, all of the good and benevolence that he shows towards his creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Imam Al-Qurtubi, uh, rahimahullah ta'ala, said something similar in terms of the uh, general meaning of this verse. He said that the king and his people didn't punish those that they punished and burned them except for one reason and that is that they chose to believe and affirm that Allah alone subhanahu wa ta'ala is worthy of worship. The teacher of our teacher Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti rahimahullah ta'ala he said that Allah in this verse he describes himself with these two names. Number one is Al-Aziz that Allah is all-powerful. And that shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is almighty Jalla fi Ula. Within that there is a meaning, and this isn't from the, the statement of Shaykh Muhammad Al-Amin, uh, within that there is a meaning. And that meaning is that Allah Azza wa Jal, because of his izzah, he is almighty, all-powerful, had he willed. And had he so wished, Allah Azza wa Jal could have defended those believers, could have saved them from the torture that they were going to face or the punishment that they were going to face. Had Allah Azza wa Jal willed, he could have punished and dealt with their enemies and those people that were oppressing them 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have destroyed them there and then. And Allah azza wa sometimes chooses not to. Sometimes he does, as we see in a number of the stories of the prophets of Allah, the story of Musa alayhi and Pharaoh, the story of the people of Nuh and Hud and Salih and Shu'ib and Lut. And so all of those stories mentioned where Allah azza wa gives to us or, or, or shows to us his izzah, his power and his might in punishing those people and saving the believers. But sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do that for a wisdom that he knows Jalla fi ula. And these verses are very pertinent to what we see in the world today when the, when the oppression that we see is committed. That Allah Azza wa is al-Aziz. Had, if he so wishes, he can deal with all of the enemies uh, that, that oppose him subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah Azza wa sometimes chooses not to Jalla fi ula. For his own wisdom Jalla fi ula. And for the knowledge that he has that is infinite. And it is a mercy from him subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is al-Hamid, worthy of all praise in every single situation, irrespective of how difficult it may be for other people to witness and to see. So the Prophet went through numerous difficulties. And the Prophet went through numerous challenges. And his companions were harmed and they were tortured. And many of them, or a good number of them, were killed. And had Allah wished, he could have dealt with the people of Quraysh dealt with the Arabs, dealt with the enemies of the Prophet but sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't do so. Sometimes Allah allows those things to take course and to take take their action. And so Allah does as he pleases subhanahu wa ta'ala according to that which his knowledge and his wisdom demands subhanahu wa ta'ala for he is Al-Aziz. So therefore Allah mentions that he is Al-Aziz so that we're under no impression that Allah allow this to happen out of some inability or some lack of ability or some uh, not being able to or, or for something some cause of not being able to deal with his enemies and to protect his awliya but Allah chose in this particular situation chose to allow this to happen and for those people that, that Allah mentions in the surah in surah al-buruj those people that died in this way it is martyrdom for them it is martyrdom for them and that is when the hadith in sahih muslim and in other narrations uh, of the stories that we mentioned, that child says to his mother, go in because you're upon good, meaning if you have to fall into that fire, then do so, because you are upon good and Allah will give to you his reward. And then Allah also mentions another name, and that is that he is Al-Hamid, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah is praiseworthy, worthy of all praise, and the name Al-Hamid is a name that is hopeful. It is a name that gives a person hope because they praise the one that they love and the one that they desire mercy from, and the one whom, from whom they wish to have his kindness and his generosity and his love, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the teacher of our teacher, Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says that Allah Azza wa Jal, when he describes himself in this verse as being al-Hamid, the praiseworthy, he says that shows two things. Number one, that the believers who believe in him, they have the highest level of iman. And that is because the highest level of Iman is when the believer hopes in Allah and fears from Allah Azza wa Jal. When you have what we call Raghba and Rahba, Khawf and Raja. You hope in Allah and you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the Salaf used to say that the two wings of the bird that is the believer are hope and fear. If you have too much hope and not enough fear, that causes you problems because the person who has too much hope doesn't fear Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to sin, sin, sin. And they don't think that Allah Azza wa will harm them in any way. And that's the belief of all the people who go to extreme in that, or what we call the murjah, those who said that your actions don't make any difference to your iman. Even if you did all of the sins, 
it's one and the same. And so therefore they say that your actions don't determine your level of Iman, they don't make a difference to your Iman, so you can sin and sin and sin, and your Iman is still as strong and as good as the best of believers like the Prophet wasallam and the Prophets of Allah. And no doubt that is a extremely uh, repugnant type of understanding of Iman, because they equate those who are the worst of people with those who are the best of people. And that's what happens when you go too much in the side of hope. And if you go in the side of fear too much, then that person loses all hope. They think that there's no, uh, there's no point, that there's no good, that every time they commit a sin, they're going to be led to destruction. And that's where you find the aqeed of the likes of the Khawarij and others and the Mu'tazila who said that if a person commits a major sin, they leave the fold of Islam. Just by committing a major sin. One person commits a major sin, they leave the fold of Islam. That person is no longer a Muslim. They will be in the fire forever. And how many of the Muslims, if you were to look across the world today, would fit that description? They wouldn't fit that definition. A single major sin. Riba is a major sin. Zina is a major sin. Murder is a major sin. According to a number of the scholars of Islam, Riba is a major sin. Anything that has within the threat of punishment in this life or the next life, some of the scholars define as being a major sin. And if you look at the books of the major sins, such as the books of Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi, Al-Kaba'ir and others, it's not just five or ten, or there's a good number of major sins. And so all of those people then, that would be the vast majority of the Muslim Ummah today. Major sins. How many of us have committed major sins in our lives? And so therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has both of these things. These believers were people who had the highest state of Iman. They had Raghba and Rahba. They had the balance between hope and fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why uh, Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin, he says that Allah azza wa jal mentions these two names, Al-Izzah, the name of Allah that he is majestic, that he is mighty, that he is powerful, strikes within a person a level of fear because they know that Allah is mighty, that Allah is powerful, that Allah has the ability to do everything and that he is Al-Hamid, he is worthy of all praise subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that you seek, uh, seek and hope for his mercy. And he says, and this is the highest of Iman, to have hope and fear, and it is the best state of the believer. And he says, and the second reason why Allah mentions the name Al-Hamid here, is that so that those people who are disbelievers, because as we said some of the scholars in these next couple of verses, now that we will come on to inshallah next week now, uh, they say that the uh, the context changes or the people that are being spoken about are no longer the people of the Khudud only, but it is more generic or that it is now speaking and addressing the Prophet and the people of Quraysh, it is so that those people wouldn't despair, that they would know even the evil from amongst them, those who were torturing and harming the Muslims, that for them the path of Tawbah is still open, that Allah is Al-Hamid, that Allah is good for everyone. And that's why in the, in the verse that we will see in a couple of verses, verse number 10, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he speaks about those people who tested and tried and punished and harmed the believers, he says, ثُمَّ لَمْ يَتُوبُوا And then they don't make tawbah. So he leaves open for them the door of tawbah. He allows for them to make tawbah. So Allah Azza wa Jal, Shaykh Muhammad Al-Amin says, by using the word or the name Al-Hamid, it is to show to them that there is still hope for them if they turn, their, change their ways and turn back to Allah Azza wa Jal and make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah Azza wa Jal will forgive them. Um, in verse number 9 uh, we'll, we'll take verse number 9 inshallah ta'ala and then we'll conclude for today Allah Azza wa Jal then says 
الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد to whom all control over the heavens and the earth belongs and Allah is witness over all things and I think that the translation will be pretty much one and the same uh, because the meaning of the verse is pretty uh, clear in terms of its translation so Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah ta'ala then says so Allah Azza wa is the one who has dominion over the heavens and the earth and everything that is therein and Allah Azza wa is the one who is shaheed he is a witness over all things and remember what we said at the beginning of today's lesson that these names or these terms of being a witness and testifying and testimony are repeated throughout this surah a number of times here Allah Azza wa now ascribes this uh, attribute to himself subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is a witness over all things Jalla fi ula. he sees everything and knows everything so all of the, all of these things that are happening these atrocities that take place the oppression that occurs Allah Azza wa witnesses it all and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would hold people to account for it on Yawm Al-Qiyamah uh, Ibn Ashur rahimahullah ta'ala uh, said that Allah Azza wa then mentions this third attribute of his so Allah Azza wa mentions the name Al-Aziz, that he is all-powerful, almighty. Al-Hamid, that he is all-praiseworthy. And now number three, we have another attribute of Allah Azza wa and that is that he, has the one, he is the one who controls the dominions of the heavens and the earth. To know and be, uh, be therefore certain that no one has the ability to do anything in the dunya except that Allah Azza wa allows it to take place. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who controls everything. That if Allah willed, he could do as he pleased and stop that oppression. But Allah allows it to take place for a wisdom that he knows for himself. And in every one of those situations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worthy of praise. And it is befitting that he is praised subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the teacher of our teacher, Shaykh Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said concerning this verse, which is verse number 9, الذي له ملك السماوات والأرض والله على كل شيء شهيد Allah Azza wa Jal now links this verse to the beginning of the surah in which he took an oath by the shahid and the mashhud the witness and that which is being witnessed he says for Allah is a witness over all things and from those things that he is a witness over are the actions of those people that are being mentioned in the surah the people who dug the trench who tortured and oppressed the believers who punished them in that way and that is to show the people that they should be afraid of him subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they should be wary of Allah Azza wa Jal, that they should know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only sees and hears, but that Allah Azza wa Jal witnesses and records everything, that nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is why he says that Allah Azza wa Jal uses the most eloquent form of the name or of the verb, and that is shaheed of the noun, which is shaheed, because Allah Azza wa Jal uses it on the wazan or the, the scale of fa'il. And fa'il in the Arabic language is to show that something is at its most complete form. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu ala kulli shay'in shaheed. At the beginning he says, shahid. He's a witness because I witness something, you witness something, someone else witnesses something. But in our knowledge, our understanding, our testimony, there may be some flaws, there may be some deficiencies. We don't really understand. You have a witness that comes and they see something, but maybe they didn't see it correctly or what they think they saw, they didn't, they didn't actually see. There was something else going on, but they didn't understand it. And often that happens in court cases where people come and they testify and other people testify to something different. And that's because each person can only give testimony according to the knowledge that they have. So they are a shahid. They give testimony. 
but within the testimony it may not be complete. But Allah Azza wa Jal, His testimony, which is based upon His infinite knowledge, which is based upon His perfect attribute subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is based upon His power and His majesty Jalla fi Ula, He is Shaheed subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who is witness over all things. Nothing is hidden from Him and nothing can be taken away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of His, of his testimony. So those people that were qu'udan ala nar they were sitting by those trenches, watching the people being thrown therein, tortured and punished for no other reason, as Allah mentioned, as we said at the beginning of today's episode, for no other reason other than the fact that they worshipped Allah, they believed in Allah, they wanted to practice the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah azza wa was a witness over everything that they did and every action that they performed, every statement that they made, every instruction that they or order or command that they gave Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness over all of those things and Allah Azza wa Jal watched them as they did as they did subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is a witness over all things. The uh, and, and that's why Ibn Ashur rahimahullah ta'ala will, will conclude with this Ibn Ashur rahimahullah ta'ala he says and Allah Azza wa Jal in these two verses he says that the only reason those people were being punished was because of their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And according to some of the narrations he says about the story of the people of Uqtud, as we mentioned when we a few weeks back when we when we first began that story, some of those narrations mentioned that they were from the people of Ahlul Kitab. They were from the people of the scripture, from the Jews and the Christians, or nations from amongst them, or people from amongst them. And so Allah Azza wa Jal is saying in these verses that that makes it worse. The fact that there are people who are claimed to be, or claimed to have Tawheed, they're meant to be people of monotheism, they're meant to be people of Tawheed in terms of their original religion and their aqidah and whatever their prophets left them with and their revelations and so on. It makes it worse. The fact that they are then torturing and killing the people who say as they say that they want to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And so he says, So how can they punish those who claim as they claim, who hold as they hold, who believe as they believe or they should believe, and that is that the worship of Allah Azza wa Jal should be alone to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with that, inshallah ta'ala, we'll conclude for today. I apologize again for the shortness of today's uh, lesson. But inshallah ta'ala, I hope by next week we'll have fixed the scheduling around the two tafsir programs. Uh, but inshallah ta'ala, we'll conclude today for those of you that want to then tune in to the Green Inn Masjid uh, YouTube page. Inshallah ta'ala, you will see the premiere of our new tafsir class, which is called page by page where we take a page of the Quran per episode 25 to 30 minutes and inshallah ta'ala we do a comprehensive but uh, introductory tafsir of that. May Allah Azza bless you and inshallah ta'ala we will see you back next week. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabiya Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.